Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> to another episode of a Sound Heart Radio. In 722 BC, the northern kingdom of Israel was overthrown by the Assyrian army. God had sent prophets to speak to his people about what would happen if they continued in their syncretistic worship of Baalism and Yahwism. The two could not continue. In the Old Testament, we read that Yahweh demands exclusive worship. In the Old Testament, we read that Yahweh is a jealous God and his glory he will not share with another. And so here we have exclusive Yahwism taught to the people of God by the spokespersons that God had sent to them to train them, to teach them in his word. And yet we see that they wanted to be like the nations around them. And so God's people in the kingdom of uh, Israel adopted Baalism. And this was their failure. There's extensive archaeological evidence available to show from the the artifacts that we've retrieved uh, just how deeply involved God's people had become with this particular religion. So in 722 BC, they were swept away. They were taken off their land and moved to other lands. Now, the Assyrians not only destroyed the northern kingdom, but they turned their focus on the southern kingdom of Judah. And so there was the pressure of the Assyrian threat. The prophet Isaiah addresses this, the great 8th century prophet Isaiah. Augustus is a very issue with the people of God. And in chapter 1 of Isaiah, he exposes the condition, the spiritual condition of the people of God. And what was going on in their lives. Now understand, the Assyrian threat involved real pressure. And there was a real threat from Assyria to destroy the southern kingdom of Judah. And so 
it is very interesting that because God's people were not filled with the Spirit, indeed, they were at the opposite end of the spectrum. They were uh, controlled by the flesh. And so they were, they suffered uh, what Kierkegaard would call, call a sickness unto death because they had stopped trusting in the living God. And so it appears that Judah and uh, the southern kingdom learned very little from the destruction of the northern kingdom. It appears that they did not heed what happened and why what happened to the northern kingdom. It, it seemed that this left little impression upon them because we do not read that they, in Isaiah 1, the people of God were, were aware of their true condition. Yes, they, were, they had the sickness unto death in their hearts. They were, they were spiritually wounded. And yet in Isaiah chapter 1, we read that they carried on, on with formal worship. And so that, there was that outward conformity. Uh, to the word of God. So they were guilty of hypocritical externalism. And this hypocritical externalism was just symptomatic of a very uh, terrible inward condition. So we have the word of God to teach us what we should understand about the, the divine nature or the divine character. That is, God demands that his uh, there's an exclusivism that we need to understand, and deservedly so. He, uh, he is the Holy One of Israel. He is the Holy One, uh, a term that is used by Isaiah. Now, in chapter 30 uh, of Isaiah, uh, chapter 30 begins with a woe oracle to the people of God. And so chapter 30, verse 1 reads, quote, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Verse 2, that walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Now, notice that God is exposing the sin of his people in, and as he does this, he really wants them to understand what is going on. And so, notice, woe to the rebellious children. And so, uh, at the end of verse 1, we read that they may add sin to sin. There are two sins involved here. One 
They rejected God's counsel, and so we have a a rejection of God, and two, they would trust in Egypt. They would trust in man. They would trust in uh, empiricism, what they could see. They would not trust in the living God who had shown and who has demonstrated his faithfulness to them. God is faithful. But we read in the Old Testament that the people of God showed themselves to be unfaithful. And God demonstrated his faithfulness to them. So the Assyrian army was a real threat. And the Assyrian army was attacking Israel and Judah. And yet, instead of really understanding that this was a test for them, they chose to do what? Well, they chose to trust in that which is left in God. Verse 2, that walk to go down. Notice the verb. Notice the verb, go down. And this is a very important verb, to go down. Whenever the people of God stop trusting in God, the inevitable result is that we go down. And we go for that or settle for that which is less than our extraordinary relationship with the living God. They go down into Egypt. In the Old Testament, both Egypt and Babylon, Babylon or Babylonia, are types of the world. Okay. So, and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Now, this is really interesting that compared uh, to God and his strength and compared to Almighty God, Israel was but Israel trust in uh, the southern kingdom of Judah trusted in that which was a mere shadow compared to God. I really want you to hear this. I really want you to take this in. That whatever we trust in that is less than God is a mere shadow. God is our reality. And so we should understand what it means to uh, to settle for that which is less than God. Proverbs 3, 5 reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And notice in verse 5, that the notice the uh, the word uh, trust is thrown at the beginning of the sentence. Very important. Bata means to throw one uh, to, to throw one oneself down upon his, one's face, or to lie extended upon the ground. Bata trust in Yahweh. 
Lean not. Notice the verb. Lean not on your own understanding. That is, don't support yourself on what you think, on empirical evidence, because empiricism inevitably leaves something out. There is always something missing. So we autistics, according to Hebrews chapter 11, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. The word faith in the Greek is the word uh, pisticism or pistics. We are pistics. That is, those who walk by faith. Notice the language. Walk. That is to order one peripateo. Order one's behavior. Order one's steps by faith. Remember Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. And so we have to understand that. Faith is the substance. It is that. Or faith is the hypostasis upon which we walk. And it is the evidence of things not seen, the evidence. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us an extended thesis on what it means to walk by faith. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It is through Christ, it is through the living Christ that you and I can have the living God work wonderful blessings in our lives through faith. Jesus himself said, what? According to your faith, be it done unto you. According to your faith. Or if you have faith that is the size of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, be you removed into the ocean or into the sea, and it will happen. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless.